Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new season of Terror Radio Podcast. How's everyone doing? I know it's only been two weeks, but I missed you guys. Now, if this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, better known as the Radio Show Nerd. And again, thank you all for the support. And I have a lot of surprises for you this season. I will be featuring more original stories as well as original audio dramas. And I also want to say thank you for my YouTube channel. Subscription Um, The subscribers has improved tenfold in the last few weeks. Many people seem to enjoy my Sinister Saturday, where I post a vintage TV series still within the thriller and horror genre. Last week, I was able to find the TV pilot of the radio drama, The Shadow. You should check it out. Tonight's episode is entitled Paranoia and (laughs) the stories this evening you will understand why so without further ado this is Terror Radio the radio series highlighted tonight are Mystery Theater and our favorite Lights Out the first radio play is called a perfectly happy life and it was broadcasted sometime in 1968 followed by the radio play Prelude to Murder which was first broadcasted on June 15th 1943 on Lights Out and as you guessed A Perfectly Happy Life was broadcasted on Mystery Theater so you all know the drill sit back turn down the lights and listen to A Perfectly Happy Life, followed by Prelude to Murder. Mystery Theater. Tonight, A Perfectly Happy Life by Ted Ferguson. I don't understand what's happening. This suspicion. Something's wrong. I shouldn't be worried. I I have everything. Perfectly happy life. And yet, my wife. I suspect my wife. I have to go, darling. Thank you for the lunch. Don't let them cut it too short, Maria. I like your hair long. If it's going to bother you, perhaps I should cancel my appointment. Oh, no, please, Maria. If you want your hair short, have it short. It's your decision, not mine. I'm sorry, Jim. I only want to make you happy. I'm happy enough already. How could I be anything else? 
You do everything I ask. Bye, darling. Goodbye, darling. I'm really surprised. Didn't think I'd ever see you again. Yes, it's a strange world, Peterson. Come in. Sit down. Hmm. Your uh, office hasn't changed much. Neither have I. Same office, same job. I'll never get a promotion. You've taken care of that. But it could be worse. I haven't had you fired. Yet. You married the boss's daughter. You've got years to work on it. Well, the truth is, Peterson, I won't have you fired. I like the idea of having you here. I receive a lot of satisfaction just knowing you're frozen, unable to move up the company ladder. Is that the purpose of your visit? To make sure I'm suffering? Hmm? I wish it was. But it isn't. I... I have to talk to you about a personal matter. Why me? You know, I can't stand the sight of you. Will you listen? Yeah, I'll listen. I want to tell you this. I, I want to get it all out so that I can see it clearer myself. You know me, Peterson. I'm a lone wolf. I run separate from the pack because I don't want to share the spoils. Most of my life, I wanted to be at the top to have money and success, but I was frustrated. I didn't know how to get it. Then I discovered the secret of honesty and integrity. You have to get rid of them if you're going to make it. You have to apply the complete lack of scruples you use in your private affairs to the business world. In effect, you have to become a 24-hour fraud. Mm. Huh? I was working here in that broom closet of an office down the hall when you first found out about my set of ethics. Remember that day? Just a year ago, when you called me into this room, you could hardly contain your anger. Sit down, Conrad. Yes, sir. And you can stop smiling. It doesn't impress me. Oh, whatever you say, Mr. Peterson. I gather you've heard about LeBlanc. I heard he's in the hospital. Uh, it isn't serious, is it? No. Appendicitis. Oh. He's a good man. We think so. In fact, we're considering him for regional supervisor. Did LeBlanc mention the Mexican conference to you? He was due to go this year, but his illness has made it impossible. Oh, he mentioned it last week. He was quite excited about it. I'm afraid we have to send someone else. We have to send you, in fact. You're familiar with LeBlanc's work, and it's too close to the date to have anyone else bone up on it. Very well, sir. I, um, thank you for choosing me. I, I appreciate it. You were chosen, Conrad, solely because there isn't enough time to have anyone else do it. I'm surprised to hear you say that, sir. I'm a hard worker. A hard schemer would be more like it. I went to the hospital to visit LeBlanc last night, and he told me about the bribe. What bribe is that, sir? He was offered a position with another company. He was undecided about taking it or remaining here and standing a strong chance of becoming a regional supervisor. He said you promised him $1,000 in $100 monthly payments if he'd quit our company... And leave the supervisor's job wide open for you. You made the same offer to his wife, if she'd persuade him to do it. You know, yes, and there were other matters relating to his wife and you, matters that are out of my jurisdiction as your superior, but nonetheless disgust me as a person. When you come back from the conference, LeBlanc should be fit and ready to discuss the situation with us. I'm therefore postponing my official verdict until then. Well, I hope LeBlanc recovers his full strength because he'll need it. I intend to put up a battle to clear my name of this phony accusation. We'll see, Conrad. We'll see. 
you had me, of course, Peterson. I had offered the money to LeBlanc. And I had been involved with his wife. Oh. Well, anyway, that's how things stood when I caught that plane for Mexico City in four days of false smiles and calm words at the conference. Well, it was on Friday, two days before I was due to return to Montreal, that I met Manuel Cortez. I was at a cocktail party for conference delegates at a hotel owned by Senor Segura. You don't seem to be enjoying the party, Mr. Conrad. Oh, just a momentary lull, a few more drinks, and I'll be dancing on the table. Is there something bothering you? Pardon me, I hate to be rude, but I don't recall meeting you before, senor. You haven't? But you know who I am, and I'm hardly that famous. Research, Mr. Conrad. I specialize in it. My name is Manuel Cortez. I am personal assistant to Ramon Segura. The Ramon Segura, the man who owns half the world? <laughs> Perhaps not half the world, but a great deal of it. One of my main occupations for Senor Segura involves the Segura Foundation, an unpublicized organization which gives assistance to individuals who have problems. In most cases, the subjects are people who work for Segura Company and are kept from advancement despite their excellent qualifications. We discovered these people through extensive research and some personal observation. Why, this week, after completing the research, we have been observing you. Huh? And what have you discovered? That you are an ideal subject for this year's assistance project. Oh, I, I'd hate to disappoint you, Cortez, but you have to count me out. I've got problems you wouldn't want to be involved in. If you mean the bribe offer, we're quite willing to be involved. You know about that? Mr. Peterson submitted a report to our Montreal president, who, in turn, permitted our investigator to read it. You still want to help me? That doesn't make sense. Why me when there's lots of honest young men around? They don't need assistance. You do. The foundation realizes you have the potential to do far greater things. You have intelligence and ambition. Eliminate the barriers that are blocking your path, and we are sure you'll become a worthy human being. Well, all right, Cortez. I'll go along with that. What do you want me to do? A very minor stipulation. Come with me to Senor Segura's house tomorrow. He would like to meet you. After that, everything will go as you want it to. Well, I'd never heard of the Segura Foundation. The Segura Foundation? Yeah. Huh? It isn't every day that a stranger walks in and offers you the moon. But at that stage of the game, what could I lose? In Montreal, I was bound to be fired. Ah. Well, the next morning, I met Cortez in front of the hotel, and we drove to Segura's home. It's a mile or so farther. You'll be able to see the house in a minute. I didn't think there'd be such flat and barren land so close to Mexico City. Ah, Mexico is a country of contrast, Mr. Conrad. In some regions, there's thick jungles. There is something you haven't seen in Montreal. Over there, to your right. Well, pyramids. There are six of them in this area. And that's Senor Segura's house, where the foothills begin. Must feel strange, having a dead civilization in your front yard. It wouldn't be for me. 
I am descended from the Aztecs. Now, how could that be? Weren't the Aztecs wiped out hundreds of years ago? Wiped out or uh, assimilated? Who knows for certain? My father was convinced he was an Aztec, and so was his father. Perhaps my family is insane, but if it is, at least they are consistent. The insanity has lasted for generations. You don't have a copyright on family madness. It does happen in Canada, too. (laughs) I suppose all countries have that much in common. Luna, he knows no boundaries. I am sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Conrad. The Senor Segura is signing some contracts. Oh, so don't worry about it. I've been admiring the view. And I don't mean the pyramids. Aha, the girls in the swimming pool. They are friends of Senor Segura's daughter. Oh, she has some lovely friends. Compared to Maria Segura, they are positively ugly. She's one of the most beautiful women in Mexico. Ah, Senor Conrad, que alegría. This is a pleasure. I am Ramon Segura. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you, Senor. El gusto you have mío. a fantastic home here, I that swimming pool is the largest I've ever seen. <laughs> there are a few lakes in Mexico that are larger, but only a few. If you don't mind, sir, I must phone into the city. Go ahead, Manuel, go ahead. I trust my English is good enough to talk to you without Manuel. On top of everything else, he's an excellent translator. Senor, I'm sure your English is better than mine. <laughs> to be truthful, I am extremely proficient in English. I went to an American university, Harvard, for several years. Uh, My late wife was an American, and she made sure the whole family learned her language and learned it well. Well, I see. Uh, I presume uh, Manuel explained about the foundation? Sir, he he said that uh, the foundation was to help me in my present uh, predicament. But Mm -hmm. frankly, I I don't see how it can... Uh, will take more than money. (laughs) The things that money cannot arrange, Senor Conrad, power can. (laughs) I could insult, rob, or even kill a person and not be punished. (laughs) In your case, I have more power than is needed. (laughs) I own the company you work for. You tell me what you like to have done to the people you are standing in your way, and I'll do it. You're not serious. You mean I could pick their fate? Oh, the foundation will do everything you desire. That's hard to believe, senor. Oh, I give you my word, senor. Well, uh, my immediate superior in Montreal is a man called Peterson. Uh I'd like to have him fired. On second thought, I think I have a better fate for Peterson. He's one of a long line of petty authoritarians who've been holding me down all these years. I'd... I'd rather have him kept on the staff, kept permanently on the same job under my thumb. Ah, este, señor Conrad, uh, (laughs) I prefer it if you remain here as my house guest for the next week, eh? (laughs) It would be better if you are out of the way until the arrangements are finished. That afternoon, having moved my luggage from the hotel to Segura's home, I went down to the pool to lie in the sun. Didn't seem to be anyone around. I stretched out on a deck chair and felt the heat of the sun on my body. Conrad, I thought to myself, for some crazy reason, you've got a benefit. You're going to have it made. I just lie back now, relax. But hold on tight with both hands. 
Buenos dias, senor. Oh. Uh, buenos dias. Am I disturbing you? Oh, no, no. I, uh, in fact, I'm lonely. The, the house seemed to be empty. My father and Manuel have gone into Mexico City on business. And my friends have deserted me for a polo match. Oh, you're Senor Segura's daughter? Yes. Maria Segura. I'm Jim Conrad. Do you like polo? I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm mad about it. But I decided to stay home today. Oh, you're not feeling well? No, Mr. Conrad. I stayed home so that I could meet you. <laughs> really? I, I'm not that much of an attraction in Canada. Perhaps it's because you've never been researched before. You see, I went through your file when Father was out... It made me curious to match the facts with the face. How do they compare? They don't. You have fine, innocent features. The file says you're a deceitful rogue. Well, if I were you, I, I'd believe the file. I do. When Manuel has someone researched, it's always accurate. And now I have to go. Oh, I've disappointed you. You're eager to get to the polo match. I'm not disappointed, Mr. Conrad. I want to change my clothes. I want to look my best when I'm sitting across the table from you at dinner. In the week that followed, I saw Maria every day. Mm-hmm. We would often drive to Mexico City to take in the tourist sites. You're annoyed because I haven't work to do? No, I, I didn't say that. I, I said it was a shame you haven't a mission in life, that's all. Can't be very rewarding driving me up and down this highway all day. I have a mission, Jim. I just haven't told you about it. Well, what's that? Marriage. I've been preparing for it since childhood. The man I marry will be the happiest person on earth. Hmm. Why haven't you married, Jim? Well, it's easier to move about when you're on your own. You won't be moving about when you're a vice president. No, I guess not. You should marry. Have someone to care about you. The way you're living now, you could die tomorrow and no one would know the difference. Was that in my file, too? Yes. No relatives, no friends? Yes. It's a crowded document. Maria. Tell me the truth. What else does your father and Manuel know about me? I mean, besides the business of the bribe... The trouble you had eight years ago. They have some information on that. Oh. Well, that must have taken some digging. No one in Montreal knows about it. Did you do it? Steal the money? Sure. I broke into the office one night and I took it from a desk drawer. I knew it would be there. And they couldn't prove it. What did you do with the money? Spend it. Wine, woman, and song. Mostly women? Mostly. I admitted when I first met you that I was a rogue. Are you shocked? I'm not shocked. Anyway, it doesn't matter to me. Father and Manuel think you'll change when you're successful. What do you think? The same as they do. Only more so. We were engaged before I left Mexico. Really? And a month later, 
Remember, after being installed here as vice president... Yes. Maria and her father flew up for the wedding. Two months after we were married, the money arrived. Mm -hmm. I was surprised at first. And I realized her father must have arranged it. You mean you never heard of him? No, never. But if he wanted to die and leave me $200,000, I'm not going to argue. I thought you didn't have any relatives. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, what should we do with it? Oh, you could buy a new dress. No, seriously, Jim. It's a lot of money. Do you know what I'd like to do? Quit your father's company and start a business of my own. Oh, Jim, that's a wonderful idea. Well, I did just that. Remember, started my own firm. For six months, I worked feverishly to make it succeed, and I loved every minute of it. But a man named Warren provided the only dark spot. Oh? There must be a way of discouraging him. Warren's too stubborn, I'm... Maria, I've got to have that property. I can make a fortune with it. My company would be tremendously successful. Should I write to Father? He might have a suggestion. All right. Sure. I'd welcome any advice from him. Segura sent a short note telling me to keep fighting Warren, to hope for the best. And then mysteriously, Warren dropped out of the picture. Huh. He said his company no longer wanted the property. Well, someone had gotten to him. A threat or a bribe. I didn't know which, but I knew who. Segura. But wasn't that going too far? Why extend himself to make things easy for me? Was he being overindulgent because I was married to Maria? Or was it something else? Something I could never guess at. Are you happy, darling? Really happy? Yes. Of course you know I am, Maria. I keep telling you. Yesterday, last week, last month, she was always probing trying to find any discontent in my life and then working to eliminate it. The perfect wife. Dedicated to pleasing me. <sighs> it had never occurred to me to be suspicious, to question her concern and dedication until yesterday when I suddenly felt that something was wrong, that Maria and her father were partners in a conspiracy. Oh. It was late yesterday afternoon when Maria's father and Manuel Cortez arrived for a short holiday. They brought gifts. This is a statue of an Aztec god. It was found in a ruin near Merida. I can't say that I'm crazy about the snakes around the head. Oh, they had deep significance for the Aztecs. All sculpture did, in fact. Sculpture was not superficial element as it is today, but a fundamental part of architecture and religion. Well, sir, you've already given us so many treasures. Our living room looks like an archaeological museum. Oh, one can never have too many pieces of art, Jim. You'll like this one. It's an Aztec sundial. Then he began staring at me. I can't describe the way he looked. At dinner, I would glance across the table and find Segura's eyes set hard on my face. It was almost as though he was trying to hypnotize me. Huh. 
Maria. She was just the opposite. Avoiding me. When I'd look in her direction, she'd turn away. Well, at night, I asked her about it. And? It was my imagination, she said. Nothing was the matter. Everything was normal. This morning, I was still thinking about their behavior, and a woman approached me. Mr. Conrad. Entering my office. Yes? Can I talk to you? Well, if it's important, my secretary can make an appointment for you. It's your wife and her father. I have to warn you. Warn me about what? Please. Can we go in your office? All right. My son was married to Maria Segura, and now no one can find him. I've had detectives looking. He, he's disappeared completely. Oh, you must be mistaken. My wife wasn't married before. She won't tell you. She lied, like they did about my son. They said he ran away with another woman, but it isn't true. He was too happy with Maria. He had everything a man could want. Have you been to the police? Many times. But they accept Segura's explanation. He's a rich man. They believe him rather than me. And why should I be any different? You've got to listen to me. I came here from New York to talk to you. John met Maria when he was on a holiday in Mexico. He worked for one of Segura's companies, and when they found out he'd been in jail, they, they offered to help him. Yes? Segura bought him a small factory in New York after he married Maria. A year later, he vanished. Oh. Well, you, you'd better come home with me. I, I want to see how Segura reacts to this story. No, I can't. He told me that if I interfered again, he'd have me killed. That's why I haven't contacted you before. I, I didn't have the courage to even write or phone you in case Segura found out. So why come here now, then? I have to warn you. I know they did something to John. They'll do it to you, too. I know they will. The the detectives, they, 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 they told me that you've had the same treatment from them that John did. It follows a pattern. I'm going now. Now, just a minute. I'm not sure I believe you, you know. You must believe me, Mr. Conrad. Your life may depend on it. Well, that's it, Peterson. The whole sordid tale. Have you asked your wife if she was married to someone named John? Oh, I, I wanted to today at lunch. Didn't seem the right place. I'll try tonight at home. Mm, the woman could have a motive for fabricating a story like that. A motive you don't know about. Anyway, the way you describe her, emotionally disturbed, oh, I wouldn't accept any of it until you've spoken to your wife. And what if it's the truth? Suppose something is going to happen to me. Don't ask me, Conrad. I'm the last person who wants to give you the answers to your problems. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I forgot for a moment. Well, thank you, Peterson. It did help to talk about it. I'm more convinced now that Maria will have an explanation for everything. You could leave Montreal, you know. I mean, if there's the slightest chance that something is wrong, you'd be better off somewhere else. Oh, you don't understand, Peterson. Hmm? Despite my suspicions, I'd never leave Montreal. I have a perfectly happy life here. Have another drink. It's soothing, too. Oh. I've had enough. Oh, I'm so tired. 
hard day at the office? Oh, sort of. Oh, there you are. I don't know how to ask you this. You uh... Oh. <laughs> really, I'm exhausted. What is it you want to ask me? <sighs> if you've been married before. Yes, Jim. I've been married before. Oh, you... And you never told me I... Uh... You're going to sleep, Jim. <sighs> the drink was drugged. I've been married four times before. Each time in a different country. Quietly. And each time the marriage lasted one year. One full year. Maria. Why? What reason? Later, Jim. When you awaken, it will all be explained. to tell you why you are going to die, Jim. It is part of a ritual. My father, Manuel, and I are Aztec descendants, and as such, we obey all laws and principles established by our ancestors. You have been chosen for a sacrifice. In your case, and in the others that preceded you, we have done what our ancestors did, given a man one year of total pleasure and contentment, allowing him to realize oh. earthly fulfillment before sending oh. his soul to live with the gods. Oh, oh, oh Maria. Oh, please. It I... is an honor for you. Most of your life has been wasted. Your soul will strengthen the sun on crops, help birds to fly and flowers oh. to grow. Maria, no, don't. No, don't. You must cut oh. the heart out cleanly, Maria. It must still be pulsating when it's lifted in the air.
This has been A Perfectly Happy Life by Ted Ferguson. You heard Michael Caine as Conrad, Judith Hilderman as Maria, Jorge Rodriguez as Sugura, Tony Mackay as Manuel, Ned Conlon as Peterson, and Eileen Clifford as the woman. Technical operations by Alan Leclerc. Sound technician, René Levoix. Mystery Theater was produced by Earl Pennington. Ionized Yeast presents Lights Out, Everybody. Supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly. So if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Oboy. Due to circumstances beyond my control, we're unable to bring you the play Alter Ego is planned. I hope we'll be able to present it soon. You know, someone once said that one disease of mankind would never be visible under a microscope, no matter how powerful. The disease? Jealousy. And that's our story for tonight. Prelude to murder. But first, Frank Martin. What would you give to be able to breeze through your work and really enjoy your fun? Well, if you're short on vitamin B1 and iron... If that's why you're underweight, often feeling jittery and tired out, get ironized yeast tablets. They supply both vitamin B1 and iron. Their famous two-way help has benefited numbers of people who were short on these substances. So if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, don't wait. Get the one and only ironized yeast tablets right away. Start taking them tonight. And now, light. Out. Everybody. It is said that for every word a man speaks, he speaks another word within his mind that only he himself can hear. Yes? Yes, what is it? Oh, it's you. What do you want? No, I have not changed my mind. I said I'm not interested. I tell you, I do not care if they offer me a million dollars. My orchestra will not play for those stupid pigs. Goodbye. Fools. Money, money. They think that is all... Uh, my Catherine. I wonder if she... Andrews. Andrews, come here. I beg your pardon, sir. Come here. Well, I didn't hear you, sir. You, you called? Certainly I called. My wife, has she returned yet? Sweet Catherine. No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Madam has not yet returned. Where can she be? The streets, wet, slippery. Didn't she say when she would be back? Well, speak up. Oh, no, sir. She apparently didn't expect you home so early. If I might say so, sir, I, I heard her mention something about 
meeting Mr. Smith at the art gallery. Smith? Smith? Who is he? Smith? What Smith do you mean, Andrus? That young man, sir. That young artist. Young artist. I am old. Oh. That will be all. Very good, sir. Young artist Catherine is young. Alex. Alex, dear. Are you home? She's here in a moment. Catherine. I'm here, here in the library. Oh, Alex, I'm so sorry I was late, but I had no idea you were coming home early. No idea I was coming home early. I hope I haven't kept you waiting long, dearest. No, no, I have just returned. You had a good time? Oh, yes, but I'm tired. Mm, this chair feels good. Her arms outstretched. A young girl, too young. And can I use some dinner? Oh, dinner can wait. You were alone all day? No. <laughs> My poor feet, that idiot David. David. Who is David, Catherine? What did you say, dear? David. Who is David? Oh, well, that's Smith, you know, the young artist we met at the Johnsons a few weeks ago. Young, young. Oh, you have made friends with him? Yes, he was here for tea last week, didn't I tell you? Oh, perhaps you did. I don't remember now. He's such a silly young man. Her face, how it is glowing, her eyes. Alex, why are you staring at me like that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of tomorrow's concert. Come, dear. Sit by me. Yes, tomorrow's concert. Oh, Alex, you're all tied up in in emotional knots. Uh, but you are, dear. What you need is a vacation. Away from box office and orchestra and public. Perhaps even away from me. From you? No, no. You mean you want to be away from me? Well, of course I don't. I want to be with you, to take care of you and watch over you. Her hand on my face. Daughter's hand, not the wife's. Poor, poor, tired Alex. I beg your pardon. Oh, yes, Andrews, what is it? Something for you, madam. For me? The young man left it, the Mr. Smith. Smith, what does he want? What does he... Don't stand there, you fool. Give it here. Oh, yes, sir. Well, it's my powder compact. How in the world did I ever forget that? She was at his rooms and she left it there. No, no, it can't be. I must not think... Is Mr. Smith waiting, Andrews? Oh, no, madam. He simply left it with his compliments. His compliments. All right, Andrews, go. Can you imagine that, dear, leaving my contact? I gave it to him to hold for me, and then I forgot about it completely. Why is she explaining? Why is she... Oh, yes, certainly those things happen. I really had a good time. It was such fun. Fun. They're young together. Well, I'm pleased to hear it, my dear. He's a very clever boy, Alex. He tells me he intends to make me like modern art, even if he has to take me to every art gallery in creation. They're going out together again. No. Oh, Catherine, my dear, what you said before, I am very tired. I know it. Three seasons without a bit of rest. And now all that trouble with your concert, Master. I was thinking, perhaps you are right, a little vacation in the South. Oh, Alex, a vacation? I dreamed of that for a long time. Her face a growing. vacation. Oh, I can make it glow, too. We'll be far away from Smith. Smith. <laughs> No, David. David, please stop. Now, I can't laugh anymore. Oh, you must hear the end of it. So Little Red Riding Hood said, What long ears you have, Grandmama. And the wolf said... Oh, oh the wolf said... The wolf said... Oh, I... there you are, you two. Oh, now, is that nice, David Smith, taking Mrs. Nadova off to the darkest corner of my conservatory? What? I can't imagine what you two have been doing here. <laughs> oh, but it is romantic. I've just been telling Mrs. Nadova about Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, why, you naughty boy. Huh? Oh, but it's perfectly all right with me. It is romantic here. 
But don't let the maestro catch you. Please, don't say such things, Mrs. Crackle. Oh, why, now, now, you mustn't get angry with little me. Why, I'm sure I don't blame you. David's just the handsomest thing. Uh, you'll pardon us, Mrs. Crackle. Shall we go, Catherine? Yes, please. Oh, you're not leaving. I'm sorry, Mrs. Crackle, but I'm very tired. Oh, but the maestro, what? Well, he told me he was calling for you. Yes, I know. Will you be so kind as to tell my husband I'll meet him at home? Why, <laughs> I can't imagine what you two are so angry about. Oh, oh, there's Henry signaling to me. That man is simply lost without me when it comes to making a party a success. But I'll be back in a moment. I'm sorry, Catherine. Oh, it's all right, David. Mrs. Crackle's just a very silly woman with a very silly little mind. I'll go get your things. No, no, wait, David. I'll go with you. I should never have come to this party of Mrs. Crackle's in the first place. That Mrs. Crackle, it should have been cackle. Oh, David. Well, that reminds me. You never did finish your story. Whatever did happen to your modernistic red riding hood? Well, if the truth must be told, she took one more look at the wolf and she said... Oh, there you oh, are, you two. Dear. I was afraid you'd already gone. I have a surprise for you. Here she is, Maestro. Alex. Oh, how nice you've come for me. I got away from the rehearsal early. Alex, you've met David Smith, haven't you? Smith? What is he... Oh, yes. Yes, I believe I have. Glad to meet you again, sir. Sir, wants me to look old in her eyes. Catherine, I uh, I hope I'm not disturbing your plans by this early arrival. Well, of course not, Alex. <laughs> your wife, she's, she's very angry with me, Maestro. Angry? I've got a very dark conservatory, and I do manage to blunder in there at the most inopportune time. Mrs. Crackle. No, no, she cannot mean... I... I do not understand you, Mrs. Crackle. Oh, I don't mean anything. I, I just meant... Please, Mrs. Crackle. Oh, well, I... You see, Alex, Mrs. Crackle's imagination is exceeded only by her good taste. I'm sure you understand what I mean. Good day, Mrs. Crackle. Thank you for the very interesting afternoon. Shall we go, Alex? Come, David. Mrs. Crackle, what did she see? What did she see? That will be all, Marie. Good night. Oh. Alex? Alex, are you asleep yet? You called me, Catherine? Yes, I was wondering whether you were in bed yet. No, no, I am not very sleepy tonight. Oh, don't stand there in the doorway, dear. Come on in. You know, I haven't seen much of you in these last few days. Catherine, so lovely, so young. No, it cannot be. Come, Alex. Thank you, my dear. Now, you sit yourself right down here and tell me all that's happened today. Did you hear from Brudnoff? Are you going to do his concerto next week? Alex, you look so distinguished in that dressing gown. You really ought to wear it when you conduct a concert. Wouldn't that be a great sensation for the papers? The great Nadova conducts symphony in dressing gown with purple dragons on the back. Why is she babbling so? What is she hiding? Oh, you, you look very happy tonight, Catherine. What did you do this morning? Oh, the usual things. Shopping. And then, as you know, I went to that silly Mrs. Crackles for cocktails this afternoon. Silly Mrs. Crackles. She's trying to discredit why do you call Mrs. Crackle silly? You never have before. I never had occasion to. But she really has more money and less brains than anyone we know. I've always enjoyed her silly prattle until today, but somehow I wasn't quite in the mood for her this afternoon. Mrs. Crackle said, I have a very dark conservatory. I do manage to plunder in there at the wrong times. Well, Alex, have you nothing to say? Uh, speaking of Mrs. Crackle, I always thought you liked the woman. Oh, I do like her, but after the foolish thing she said... Thing? Yes, David Smith and I were telling funny stories to each other in the conservatory. And the woman came along and she... Oh, well, it isn't important. It is important. Alex, you're hurting me. Catherine. Oh, Catherine, if... If I should ever lose you... Oh. 
Now, remember, Joseph, everything must be in order by Saturday. Our plane leaves at midnight. You understand? Midnight. Yes, maestro. The luggage all is in order? Oh, yes, maestro. Oh, by the way, maestro, I, I wired Washington this morning. Oh, so? Did you cable Schumann? Yes, maestro. I said you would be pleased to accept his invitation to conduct the Philharmonic and, and that you expected to be in Buenos Aires not later than the 1st of September. <laughs> Excellent, Joseph. Excellent. This is a little surprise for my wife. She does not know where to stop off in Argentina. So, surprises are good for wives, eh, Joseph? <laughs> but not for husbands. <laughs> Why did he say that? What do you mean, Joseph? No, I simply was making a joke, my son. The man is hiding something from me. Smith, my wife. I do not like poor jokes, Joseph. I'm very sorry, my son. Why is the fool sorry? What is he thinking? What does he know? Is there anything else, Maestro? Huh? Uh, no, no, nothing at all. Uh, uh, Joseph. Uh, yes, Maestro? Why did you say... Did you mean... Oh, never mind, my car. Yeah, your chauffeur is uh, waiting outside, I think, Maestro. Almost made a fool of myself, even if Joseph did know. All right, I go. In a few days, thousands of miles between her and that, that Smith... Alex? Catherine, you. Come on, Alex, don't look so shocked. After all, I'm only a wife calling for her husband. She called for me. She does care. But, but, Catherine, I, I did not expect you to call for me. Well, the unexpected is always interesting, isn't it? Well, home we go, Alex. My suspicions. How foolish they have been. Well, Alex, aren't you going to say something? Oh, I... I am so happy to see you. I do not know what to say. Here I did not expect to see you until I reached home and then to find you waiting for me. Oh, my little Catherine. Next week it will be like a second honeymoon. The two of us on the plane, the quiet day. Alex, that's why I wanted to see you. Have you the tickets yet? Uh, no, there was some little trouble about the reservations. Joseph will have them Saturday. Why do you ask? Alex, do you mind very much if we don't go for another month? Not go. I want to stay in town for at least another 30 days. She wants to stay at Smith. That's me. I'm sure it won't be too difficult to change the arrangements. You see, Alex, I completely forgot about the orphanage. And I simply must be here for the charity drive. They're depending on me. You do understand, don't you? Orphanage. Smith. Alex, didn't you hear me? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I understand. We will make other arrangements. Oh, you are good to me. Good to you, good to you. I'm a good fool. Why don't you say something, Alex? Are you very disappointed? No, no, it is not important. We will go later. Uh, Catherine and I, too, have something I want to tell you. Well, this is a day of surprises. Surprise? Joseph said the husband, too, can be surprised. Well, I'm waiting. What is it, dear? I am buying you a little present. Alex. There. I've made her forget him already. Drive to Tiffany's, my dear. Tiffany. Alex Nadova, what are you up to? Only yesterday I saw the most beautiful turquoise I have ever seen. It had the the bright blueness of your eyes. Catherine, I want you to have it. Oh, Alex! We will have it fitted into a ring, and you will wear it upon your finger. And perhaps, perhaps when you look at it once in a while, you you will think of me, your Alex. My dearest Alex. There, I made her happy. Oh, my Catherine, I'm an old man. There will never be another like you, and I must not lose you to anyone. No, I must not lose you. The 
ladies and gentlemen, suppose we take a brief intermission before we continue with the second half of our Lights Out story. The story of a man consumed with an overpowering jealousy. Let's leave this tale of the mysterious workings of the human mind for just a moment to visit a perfectly normal American family. A husband is returning home from a day at business. And he says, Mildred, is supper ready? I'm as hungry as a bear. Everything's ready, honey. My, it's wonderful to have you with an appetite and full of pep again. You know, I must have needed more vitamin B1 and iron, like you said. Since I've been taking ironized yeast tablets, I'm starting to feel like a new man. Yes, friends, lots of people who, simply because they were deficient in vitamin B1 and iron, were weak and jittery, underweight, and felt all in. Today, thank ironized yeast for helping them gain glorious strength and energy and needed pounds. You see... When you don't get enough vitamin B1 from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need to keep your normal weight and strength. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive. Pleasant little ironized yeast tablets give you more vitamin B1 plus more iron. So if you are short on these substances, go to your druggist this very night and say, A bottle of ironized yeast tablets, please. And now, back to our lights-out story of Prelude to Murder. I tell you, I cannot stand him any longer. Wolf, 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 all the time. He is not a man, he's a bear. But my dear Glickstein, you must be patient with the maestro. You know he's not himself these days. Am I to blame if one day he goes on a vacation, then the next day he does not go on a vacation? I tell you, I am an artist, not a blacksmith. Did you hear him before? Well, yeah. Glickstein, he barks. You are not a violinist, you are a fiddler. A fiddler, me, Maximilian Glickstein, who for five years was under the great Tuscanini himself. I tell you, Joseph... Here he comes, here he comes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please, Joseph, don't tell him I was complaining. Please, please. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Uh, good evening, maestro. Yeah, good evening, maestro. We, we, we thought you had left already. Heads together. What for that? No, gentlemen. No, I'm still here. Go right ahead, Blickstein. Ahead? Yes. Why well, stop at the very interesting conversation I saw you having with Joseph? I, 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 I wasn't talking. I, I mean, uh, nothing important. He's frightened. What was he whispering? Catherine Smith. Speak up, Blickstein. Why are you so nervous? What were you saying? <laughs> Maestro, was nothing at all. He, he was simply inquiring into the uh, uh, state of health of your wife. Yeah, yeah, your wife. I, I, I heard she was not feeling well. I, I, I was asking Joseph how she felt. It was of Catherine. They are lying. There's something about her I do not know. Yes, Maestro, that is what it was. Madame de Dove. Oh, your sudden solicitude into the state of health of my wife. Touches me deeply, gentlemen. Good night, Maestro. Good night, sir. Good, Good night. night, Maestro. They begin to whisper about me behind my back. Everybody whispering. Catherine and that Smith. Operator. Operator. Why do you not give me my number? I do not care if you are ringing it. Someone must be... Oh. Oh, hello. Hello, Andrews. Why in the name of the devil don't you answer the telephone? I have been ringing for an hour. Let me talk to my wife. She what? Well, where did she go? You must know. Now tell me, where did she go? Well, what do I pay you for? Where did she go? Oh, good evening, sir. Ah. 
Mrs. Nadova, she's in. Oh, yes, sir, in the library, sir. Your head, sir. Mm. She's home. Where has she been all day? Where has that Smith been all day? Ah, at the desk writing letters. She's not heard me. What is she writing? If I could only see... Oh, oh, Alex. Her hand covers the paper. I, uh, I frightened you, my dear? No, of course not. Why should I be frightened? I, I was a little startled, that's all. She's frightened. That letter under her hand, if I could... Well... Writing letters, I see. Yes, it's just some silly correspondence. No, 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 no. Do not get up. Uh, finish your letter. Oh, no, no, no. It's all done. Well, how did the rehearsal go? The letter who? Answer me, Alex. How was the rehearsal? Eh? Rehearsal? Oh, as usual. Your, uh, your letter. I will send Andrews out to mail it. Oh, no, Alex. It isn't that important. Well, I'll go out and tell Cook to have dinner early today. I've got a little surprise for you. Something you like. Good, good. The letter. She took it with her, maybe on the desk. Maybe she'll have... No. No, there is nothing. The blunder. There is something on it. The word. I will hold it to the mirror. The word. It is... David. David Smith. The letter is to Smith. Smith. to disturb you. Disturb me? Not at all. This is a pleasant surprise. Won't you come in, sir? Uh, uh, let me have your hat and coat. Keep your hands off me. No, no. I'm only going to stay a few moments. Oh, just as you say, sir. Won't you step into my studio? You'll have to pardon the looks of the place, but you can't expect much better from a man who lives alone. Alone? My wife? Oh, there we are. You know, sir, this is the first time I've ever been alone with you. Of course, I see Mrs. Nadeau, You but... see my wife quite often, I understand. Yes. I don't know why she wastes her time with me, but I guess I amuse her. He laughs at me. Uh, how about a drink? I must be sure that desk there letters. I said, how about a drink, sir? Uh, yes. Yes, that would be fine. Great. Have a chair. I'll be back in a moment. The desk. One letter. One letter. One letter, and I would know. What is this? A ring. The turquoise ring I gave her. She gave it to him. Oh, God, I've lost her. No. No, I cannot lose her. Patience, sir. I'll be right out. I must go. Get the revolver. Then I must kill. Kill. So, what are you doing back here at this hour? Joseph, you have a revolver? Why, you uh... showed it to me once. Remember that Luger, your army revolver? Oh, yes, maestro. Get but, it for me. But, Get but, it for me, I say. But, but maestro, the... A dog. I have to shoot a dog. Uh, I didn't know you had a dog, maestro. My wife, she has a dog. I understand. And it is sick, huh? Is it a young dog, maestro? A young dog. Mr. Nadova, where did you go? I came back with the drinks and... Mr. Nadova, is something wrong? A revolver in my pocket. I said, is there something wrong, Mr. Nadova? What can be wrong? 
Oh, I'm glad to hear that, sir. I, well, when I came out there before and found you gone, I couldn't imagine what had happened. I never saw a better disappearing act in my life. Sure, he would stop laughing. Do you mind telling me what happened? I was called away. Well, you're not going to disappear again without a drink, are you, sir? This time I'm not leaving so quickly. We will finish our business. Business? That word sounds foreboding. Why do I stand here talking to him with a gun in my pocket? I'll take your coat if you don't mind. <laughs> this time I'll hide it so you won't get away so easily. He's young. Many women would love him. He should have left her to me. What'll it be, sir? A bullet between your eyes. Did you, uh, did you say something? I didn't quite hear you. Drink with him? Why not? It will be his last... Whiskey and soda. Oh, fine. Yeah, here you are, sir. It's not very good whiskey, but it's all I can afford right now. Next time you call on me, I expect to do better. The ring in the drawer. You expect to do better. Aren't you going to drink it, sir? Drink? Yes. Yes, I shall drink. To death. And I'll drink with you a toast to your beautiful wife. Your your glass. I'll kill him now. I'll... Mr. Nadova, what's wrong? Your face is... Open the door. Let her in. Her? What? You fool, don't stand there. Let her in. Well, sure. Well, David, how long do I have to stand here your doorbell. Catherine. Catherine, I have a little surprise for Alex. you. Alex. Well, what in the world are you doing here? Her lover. She will see him die. Alex, you're looking so strangely, darling. Don't you feel well? I think you ought to sit down, Mr. Nadova. Well, Alex, what's wrong? Here, sit down. Alex, you're not well. Why didn't you come straight home? Her hands on me. Lying hands. Water, David. Get some water. Yes, yes. Alex, what is it? Shall I call a doctor? What's wrong? When he comes back with the water, standing over oh, me. Oh, Alex, say something. What? What does it say? David, hurry up with that water. I'll be there in a second. In a second, he will stand over me. The bullet must not move. Hurry, David. Yes. Yes, hurry, David. Oh, my poor Alex, I'm so glad I came here to David. If it weren't for that ring, I never would have come, and I'd never have known how sick you are. Ring? Yes, the turquoise ring, dear, the one you gave me. Tell me. Well, the stone loosened in the setting, so I asked David to take it down and get it fixed. And then I stopped to get it. Oh, David, bring that water. She didn't give him the ring. I was wrong. I was... Here, Mr. Nadova, drink this. Careful, David, you're spilling the water. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong? What's wrong, Alex? What are you saying? You do love me, Catherine. You really love me. Oh, Alex, if anything should happen to you, I... Well, David Smith, don't stand there like a fool. Go get a doctor. She calls him a fool. She loves me. Oh, Alex, you're trembling. You are ill. Oh, my darling, if I hadn't come here this afternoon, you all alone with that bungling David, it's awful to think of what might have been. Alex. The river. What? What? Might have been. Well, Mr. Obler, what might have been? Potent words, Frank. What might have been. Say, for instance, that someone had given that unhappy little Austrian house painter named Adolf the job of painting a roof. And he'd fallen off and landed right on... <laughs> yes, I see what you mean. <laughs> Frank, would you like to hear about the bees and the flowers... Well, all right, in just a moment. Friends, if you're underweight, run down, unable to eat as you should, and if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is all that's to blame, try ironized yeast. Now, there are cases where these conditions may be due to other causes. If in doubt, consult a doctor. But if you simply need more vitamin B1 and iron, remember ironized yeast tablets cost but a few pennies a day. And you don't risk even those few pennies. For ironized yeast is sold on this money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to look and feel stronger, peppier, and more alive, 
The cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rawway, New Jersey. And now, what says Mr. Obler about the bees and the flowers? Well, once upon a time, there was an old man whose greatest pleasure in life was to take his neighbors on a pleasant little Sunday trip to the woods nearby. He'd explain to them all about the bees and the flowers and the birds. But one day on this course in nature study, the birds and the bees were forgotten. But as usual, that's next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's story, Nature Study. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. That's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. Or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion, a request, a even a critique, respectfully please feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com and also check out my YouTube channel. Subscribe. Share the videos. Highly appreciated. Again, this is going to be a stellar new season. A lot of surprises for you. This is your host, Keith. Or just call me the Radio Show Nerd. (laughs) Signing off.